this is it. Those famous eight letters. You can hear each and every one of them. This is it. For all of our English as a second language listeners out there, that's called enunciation. It's very important, very important. We'll, we'll get into it in further podcasts, don't worry. But bienvenidos, thanks for tuning in. It's 10.38 a.m. HST, back here at a, a classic satellite studio, our second broadcast that's going to be on Spotify FM from this very location. Uh, the last prod- podcast, I believe, was called a Broadcasting... Oh, there go the geese. Come on, guys. I don't even know what they're missing. Of course, I don't think they have ears, so not necessarily our target audience, but kind of offensive to start off a broadcast. You, you, you just start talking, and the geese fucking fly away kind of just shitty. Uh, we've got a lot to report on. We really do. It's, as I said, 10.38 a.m. HST, and we're going to be broadcasting for the next at least hour. So uh, so plan accordingly. Plan accordingly. I don't know if you want to speed me up to 1.5x. I don't know if you can handle me at, two t- at 2x on Spotify to just just get all of Normancito up in you real quick. Uh, but we're going to be broadcasting for quite a bit because we have so much to get into. I mean, I haven't been on the air for about a week and of course our diehard listeners will probably be saying Normancito it's been eight days or six days come on you know they of course know there are reddit subreddits there are facebook groups i think there are clubs now that the quarantine has been lifted at least in the u.s i believe people are there are listening clubs and parties where it's a huge night event uh, a huge night event as we like to call it now it's it's the nightlife of of i think it's uh houston I think in Houston is where we have a lot of our listeners. They get together Friday night listening party, and they haven't been able to. Um, well, no, they will be able to because it's Friday. So here you go, here you go, Houston. This is for you. Um, very excited to be back with you. We've got a lot to report on, mostly because we're we're following a monumental broadcast from ET. But also, it's a been it's been a monumental week for myself. Um, I have converted myself as we predicted, into a broadcasting waiter, um, kind of a retransformation, if you will, because I was a broadcasting waiter at one point. Um, you know what? I wasn't. That's, that is false. Do not listen to that. Scratch that from the record. I have never been a broadcasting waiter before. I was a waiter, then a broadcaster. This is the first time I've ever merged those two worlds. So I've never broadcasted about a restaurant until today. And I'm wondering how I should do this uh, in a logical order to get into both my week, my first week back in Hull, back in Massachusetts, um, and also comment on what was a very momentous week for, for E.T. over in London town, the capital of, of the old world, um, which was also very exciting to, to hear that everything went, went swimmingly well. Or should we say rowingly? You know, he didn't freeze up on the, the rowboats this time. Of course, still at a very slow pace. Very slow pace. I mean, it's it's insane. I'm surprised they don't have uh, every sort of boat agency or boat rentals. I'm surprised they don't put your picture on the wall and say, you know, do not rent to this man. <laughs> do not rent to this man. Um, at very best, he is slow. Sl- a slow, slow rower. You might think he's got a rower's body. He's tall lean, strong, flexible. He's not flexible at all. Um, but you'd look at the guy and say, yeah, of course, I'll rent the boat for you. Yeah, you want it for an hour? Take it for an hour. At the very best, it's going to be an hour and a half. He's just so slow. Um, and at the very worst, of course, he just freezes. He just freezes. You'll see him there. You'll see him just, just feet away, just yards from the rental site itself, from the dock. 
just just frozen and say, sir, sir, your time's up. Uh, come, you know, start rowing this way, sir. And he's just, he's just there frozen like a, like a snowman or an icicle, if you will, or a frozen lake. But of course that's winter language and we're in summer, so we're not gonna use that. We're just gonna say frozen like a, a cold ice cream out of a McDonald's soft serve machine, deliciously frozen. Uh, ooh, got me hungry. Ooh, see that? Maybe we should do food reviews here now that I'm working in the food industry again. And I think that's where I'll, that's where I'll start. That's where I'll start because, of course, thanks to all of you, I've been able to make a decision. Um, I think we, I had one vote. One vote come in. Um, it was from ET himself. So listeners, step up. You know, we do ask you for, for advice in what is this thing called life. Uh, you know, we ask for listeners' input because ET, long ago, um, when he was in South America, I believe, he might have commented on it in the show, he was thinking that he could open his trip up to friends and family's input. You know, he would post, I'm in Brazil. Should I go to Sao Paulo or should I just say fuck it and go to Colombia? And on Instagram or social media or uh, those are synonyms, I believe, um, or other you know, forums, E.T. would open this question up to his, his friends and family, potentially even strangers, and they would vote. You know, 65% said, fuck it, go to Colombia, and 35% said, Sao Paulo, E.T.'s going to Colombia because he's going to listen to his fans. And that's what we're trying to do in a larger sense of things. I am opening up my life to fan input because I have lots of questions. That's one of the, I have very few answers, but lots of questions. Um, and... I like hearing lots of different opinions. So I opened up the question of what should I do with my life, basically, to the listeners, to the co-chair, and to our Mexican correspondent. And I, I think our Mexican correspondent, of course, the, the foreign, in all senses of the word, correspondent in Mexico, Carolina slash Cardona Chris, we could just call him slash Chris. You know, we could we call him Carolina Chris, we could call him Cardona Chris, or we could just call him Slash, Slash Chris. Um, I think they both tuned in. They chimed in and they said, uh, you know, it's easy. It's easy just to stay in Hull and walk to the restaurant down the street. Will you make as much money in Boston? I'm not sure. Um, but it's the ease, the ease of it is, is definitely a positive, a positive aspect. And... I think Carolina Chris did say, couldn't you just commute? Couldn't you just go into the, the downtown Boston restaurant, work there? Well, see, this is the thing. This is the thing about where I'm currently located. It is very, very close to downtown Boston. It's a 20-minute ferry, ferry ride away. But the ferry has a limited schedule. And if you're going to drive, it's like an hour or 40 minutes. And trains get you close but not close enough. So it's just, I'm not going to bore you with the, the transportation details. Look it up, MBTA, MBTA.com. That's Metro Boston Transportation Agency or something similar. You'll see that I'm on the Greenbush line if you're going to look at trains, and I'm on the Hull slash Hingham ferry line if you're going to look at ferries. So one if by land, two if by sea. That's the old, you know, the, the famous way that Paul Revere showed uh, the Minutemen here, the Revolutionary Army, which way the British were going to come. One if by land, two if by sea. I would have to do something very similar. Modern day, I would have to figure out, oh, fuck. One if by ferry, two if by sea. Uh, nope, that's the same thing. One if by train, two if by ferry. I don't know. I'd have to figure it out. 
it got too complicated, didn't get all the input that I needed, and I just decided, fuck it, I'm gonna start working at the restaurant down the street, and that's what I've done. My first shift was Tuesday. Of course, it was a, a long weekend because of Memorial Day. Um, I almost forgot, I almost forgot it was Memorial Day, and that's not exactly uh, what you want for Memorial Day. The whole purpose of Memorial Day is to remember. That's the only thing you have to do on Memorial Day is remember. Um, of course, I forget. I forget to remember. And then where am I? You know, back to square one. Um, so Monday was Memorial Day. It was a terrible, terrible weekend weather-wise. It was disgusting. It was rainy and cold and miserable, windy, just disgusting weather. And of course, this restaurant down the street. It's a beach restaurant, so it's weather dependent. So I was happy to not be working, not starting the weekend. I started Tuesday, which was, um, I, I, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna start, yeah, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start with my restaurant time. I do have to tell you about the weekend I had last weekend, back when ET was, was hanging out in the capital city um, with the sires and the, and the queen. Um, what do they call it? Do they, still, do they still wear wigs in Parliament? What's up with that? Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to start with the restaurant. So I get in there Tuesday, okay? And of course, anyone who's worked in a restaurant will know that in a restaurant, much like in a hostel, you're going to run into some characters, some absolute characters. And it's another place where you'll find a bunch of stereotypical... Like it, It's almost to a to a certain point where it's like, I know exactly who I'm going to find in this restaurant. And I wasn't disappointed. Of course, I've only worked in one restaurant before this, and it was a very similar thing in the same town, uh, Beach Vibe. It was on the, the harbor. This one's on the ocean. And it was mostly, I'd say 70% were college kids, like myself at the time, working their summer job at a restaurant as a server or a busboy, food runner, you know, I've done all three. I've done all three. Um, much, much the same scenario in this new restaurant, you know. Most of the waiters and waitresses are college kids working their summer job. I've literally, I thought I was, it was a blast from the past. It felt like I had just gone into a time machine and I saw my 20-year-old 20, 20 self, this guy named Dan, serving people, uh, you, know, oh, you know, junior in college, whatever. It's like, yeah, this is exactly what I did nine years ago, but I'm 29, and now I'm that older waiter who's just trying to make a buck, trying to make a buck, and trying to broadcast about his experience, so maybe they haven't met a broadcasting waiter before, but um, I definitely felt like I'd gone back in time, was stepping through basically, you know, a time machine to the same sort of restaurant, same smells, same people, basically same menu, everything the same, um, and here I am training again. So my first shift, I walk in, John was the manager, uh, the guy who hired me. He said, this is the first thing he said to me. He takes me over to Jess, and Jess is probably the only other real adult waitress. She's probably 35 or 36. Um, you know, she has three kids, she lives in the halls, she's kind of a townie, uh, and also pretty stereotypical of the people, you know, they're, they're, the, the whole townies are out in force. Um, they always have been. This is their land. Uh, but she was, she was definitely sort of of that nature. And she was very, very large. She was probably obese. You know, I'd have to check the, the body fat 
uh, body mass index to be able to categorize her as very fat or not that obese. You know, at some point someone becomes, you're fat, then you're very fat. And then when you break into the obese category, you're, you actually go down. You're not that obese because not that obese is still bigger than very fat, you know, now that you're in the, the land of the obese. So it is, I'd rather be a little bit obese, a tiny bit obese than very, very fat. You know, I think this woman was probably very, very fat. I'm not sure if she was fully obese yet. Um, but literally the first thing this guy says, he walks me over to Jess, says, all right, Alex, you're going to be training with Jess. He looks to Jess and he says, thank you so much. Thanks for training him. D- your dinner is on me tonight, even if it's a molten lava cake. And then he walked away. And we were just like, what the fuck? Like, why would she? Is that just a dig at being fat? Like this woman just eats molten lava cakes for dinner she's like wow <laughs> you know she's like immediately just like deflated just her manager just calling her fat or i think it was a i think it was an honest mistake i think john just kind of said that like you can it was it was basically him saying i will buy you whatever you want on the menu um no questions asked you know no questions asked uh but it wasn't the best person to say to basically say you're you're so fat you probably for dinner you're i don't think you're ordering like you know chicken and rice you're probably ordering a fucking molten lava cake look at yourself um it did come off that way (laughs) which is tough but sometimes we say things that we don't actually mean and they can be misconstrued i have a good example from that uh friday night going back in time and fast forward through the broadcast this is this is an interesting chronological technique i'm using as a broadcaster i'm actually starting from the most recent i'm actually doing categories so right now i'm gonna start in the restaurant and then i'll go back in time on to, to friday night and my weekend to tell you just how i how i passed how i spent you know my first weekend back in 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 the boston area which is very exciting so get to this restaurant um gonna be running after uh you know basically shadowing um big jess and and it was easy it was like she wasn't sneaking off you know i could i could do laps around her i could you know how when the when the europeans whoa look at these birds these are coming in for the broadcast come on guys come on i'm mid broadcast wait wait oh it's a fight hey leave that one alone is it a pecking party is it one of those famous pecking parties i think that's just for chickens Wait one second, I'm gonna make sure these birds are okay. One second, word from our sponsors. One of my favorite parts of the day is waking up early, watching the sunrise from my deck, where I can greet the birds that come to my feeder, listen to them chirp and sing, and watch them fly and frolic. The only better part of my day is lunch. Here at Purdue Poultry, we understand that there are little things in life that count. This week, half off chickens, turkeys, and fowls. Come get your birds. And thanks for staying tuned. We very much appreciate it. Quick word from our sponsor, Purdue. Of course, we are big bird lovers here. We're bird lovers, and it's it's an honor and privilege to be able to to sponsor, um, to be sponsored rather by one of the finer bird sellers in North America, and of course, uh, one of the better caged bird producers um of course now cage free and organic is all the rage but purdue is is still at its best in the caged market and some of us still want caged we still buy caged so um it's great of course 
we're in an open air studio here and we, we went to a commercial break because there, sim there seemed to be a pecking party in the making. Um, I broke it up, don't worry, no bird was pecked. Um, I'm not really sure what they were doing. I might have just broken up a, a very organic and natural mating ritual and um, doomed this one species of bird to extinction. I could have. I, I'm not sure exactly. I'm not an expert, but to me it looked like a fucking pecking party. And not on my turf. Not during my broadcast. No siree. Uh, there will be no pecking parties here. Um, a pecking party, I could be wrong, uh, from my understanding, is when one bird... I mean, birds are the ultimate bullies. Um, when one bird is targeted by the pack or a flock, you might say, and packed to death. And can you imagine that happening here live on air? I could not, I would not be able to recover from that, and I would have to cut this broadie short. So I did the best for my listeners, of course, always my listeners in mind, but we did have to go to an impromptu commercial. I believe before our break, we were talking about, oh, yep, Big Jess. Big Jess, um... I was saying that I, it, was, it was pretty easy to keep up with her. Um, it was, I mean, she had a big shadow. She had a big shadow to follow, of course. I was just shadowing her as I was training my first day. And I never lost track of her shadow. For, I mean, I was, it was a shady day for me. Everyone else was in the sun, but I was just in Jess's big old shadow. And she was good. She was, she was decent. She was like the, um, the very sort of cynical... Uh, mid-30s waitress that doesn't want to be there and that thinks that, you know, swears at all the kids that are, um, you know, not, that are dropping off. Her big thing was that there were too many ketchup bottles that didn't have enough ketchup in them. So one of the first things that we trained on was how to combine, and this is, this is going to be crazy for all, all you, uh, you new listeners, and we don't usually get into technical details here, but try to bear with me, she was taking two bottles of ketchup. They both had about a quarter uh, of the bottle remaining, and we combined them into one bottle of ketchup that had half of the ketchup remaining. This took about 30 minutes. This was my th first 30 minutes in, in the shift. Um, and she was just saying, you know, no one else does this. No one else does this, but I do it. You know, everyone calls me mom said, I doubt anyone calls you mom except your kids. Um, so if you're talking about them, fair. But I don't think these waiters and waitresses are calling you mom. As She said that a bunch of times. Like, they'll call me mom. I said, ah. Big Jess, I've been following you now um, for about four hours. And no one's called you Jess. No one's called you mom. Not once. Um, but yeah, so it was... It was an easy first training session. Uh, you know, the, the restaurant is, it's a tough setup because it's basically three floors and the kitchen's on the bottom floor as is the only bar for now. Um, they're remodeling one of the second floors or third floors to have this huge bar. This is a big restaurant. It's a very big restaurant, um, which is perfect. It's, you know, Big Jess can, can, can handle the biggest, the biggest restaurant around. Um, we do everything big here in America, but it was just walking up and down stairs to get drinks, etc. And at no point did I have a hard time um, following Big Jess. I was I was running circles around her, and that's that does remind me of like I was going to say earlier. Um, you know when the Europeans came to to colonize and massacre all the Native Americans living here in the, the New World, quote-unquote. 
Um, there's the legend, the legend goes that when they arrived in these big ships, they were so surprised that these Native Americans in their tiny canoes, they'd never seen a canoe before, and they were running, and this is going to be hard for E.T. To, to even comprehend how you can go fast in one of those smaller boats, but they were rowing circles around these big ships, and that's what I felt like I was doing with, with Big Jess. I was, you know, it was my first day of training. I was ready to go. I was ready to take tables. I mean, come on, get me in there. And here I was with, you know, this very fat woman, not quite obese yet, but give her another couple months of uh, molten lava cake dinner, she'll get there. And I was just running circles around her. I felt like a puppy with so much energy. So that was my first day on the job. Um, you know, I got the tour of the kitchen, uh, just, just stereotypical characters all around. You got the, the Brazilian chef who's popping out and, and saying things to the 20-year-old the waitresses all the time. And Great guy. That's Marcos. There are going to be lots of stories with Marcos, guaranteed. So, so remember that name. There was, you know, we were doing a tour of the kitchen, storage. We opened up one storage room. There was just this big line chef just sitting, just sitting in the corner in the dark of the storage. Big Jess was like, what are you doing down here? Just hiding? He just nodded his head. Like, all right, close the door on that. Um, servers, we've got a couple characters, too. Um, but nothing too crazy yet. Nothing too crazy yet. So keep your ears open, you know. Don't leave this space. We're going to be having lots of updates from the parrot. The parrot, of course, here in Hull, it used to be called the Red Parrot. And then they did a radical, a radical brand rebranding. And now it's just, wait for it, you might not even recognize, you might not even hear the difference. It's just the parrot. So they took the red out. They took the red out. It was too political, of course, too political. Um, but the restaurant looks nice. I still am having second thoughts about whether I should just try to work in Boston and make a ton more money. Uh, but I think this restaurant is going to pack the fuck out in summer. On nice days, it's going to be crazy. It'll be absolutely crazy. Um, I really do think so. And I will probably go to the, the top of the food chain in terms of servers pretty, pretty quick. I expect to be top dog in, in no time. And my second day training, which was two days ago, Wednesday, you might say, um, I did the lunch shift. I was working from about 12 to 7. And that's when I was under the, the smaller shadow of Leah, who's a 21-year-old girl. Um, she speaks Portuguese. Actually, her family's from Brazil, but she was born here. Uh, very nice. She would, you know, she had a different style than, than Big Jess. And she recognized my, my affinity to the trade pretty quick. And she said, you know, I just want to take some tables. I said, yeah, just take some tables. So I took a bunch of her tables. In fact, we kind of split her section for the night. It was, it was a busy lunch, and then at night it was, it was slow. I mean, lunch was, lunch was busy, though. And the other waitresses were freaking the fuck out. This girl, Natalie, she was just running around like a, a chicken with her head cut off. Um, lots, of bird, lots of bird talk on this episode. Very birdy episode. Uh, that might be the title. So... Remind me that when I'm done. That's what I want to title it. A very birdie episode. <laughs> I like that. Um, so, so yeah, lunch rush, and then dinner was quiet. So I was taking my own tables. Um, you know, it just came right back to me. It was like riding a bike. You know, maybe I had to shake the, shake the rust off for a bit. And, of course, they're 
lots of things that are restaurant specific. Of course, you have to memorize the menu and tons of tons of drinks on the menu, like 15 beers on on tap and and lots of lots more cans and and cocktail list and wine and frozen drinks and we'll we'll tell you how we got into that later. But for now, we are just hanging out with Leah, taking our own tables. And in fact, at the end of the night, Leah said, "Here, this is for you." And she handed me a $20 bill. And it was amazing. My eyes lit up. I, you know, I haven't made money in a while. And I haven't made cash in even longer. But being paid, I mean, I felt like it was my first day in America. And I just hit the big one. I'm living my American dream. I got paid $20 for helping her out. And that was in addition to, I guess, an hourly wage that I'll get because I was training. So it did, I have to say, it did feel good to, uh, to work again, you know, actually receive money. Um, she said, like, I'm sorry, like, uh, this is all I can spare. She said, oh, I'm sorry, it's not much. And I literally, like, I said, you have no idea how much this means to me. <laughs> you have no idea how much this means to me. You know, I could do so many things with $20 in, in Guatemala or Mexico or wherever, uh, wherever the next hint about grandpa comes in from. I'll head there with that 20 and I'll spend it on, on something great. Um, so that was, that was unbelievable. That was really, really a special moment. Um, I did get yelled at by a couple of the, the dishwashers, just one of the dishwashers actually, yelled at me and Leah, I guess in Portuguese, when we put the, the dirty glasses where we shouldn't have put the dirty glasses. That's like a classic thing. You know, that's what dishwashers get angry about. And I learned, I learned not to put them there. Um, and then like, you know, a couple hours later when I went down and I put them in the right space, spot, I said to the dishwasher, I said, obrigado, and she said, obrigado, de por nada, or whatever the response is in, in Portuguese, and then there was one woman who clearly speaks Spanish, and I said something to her in Spanish, and the Brazilian said, do you speak Spanish? I said, yeah, I speak Spanish, she's like, what's up, uh, what about it? And she said, oh, but where are you from? And boom, the hostility of the, the glasses incident was completely forgotten, and I was accepted into the dishwasher crew because of my because of my Spanish. So the gift that keeps on giving, I really urge all of you out there, learn Spanish or Portuguese or Swahili or Bantu or I don't know, anything. It's, it's a great way to connect to people that you might not be able to connect with um, otherwise. A very important thing here at SFG. We love that. We love connections. We love connections. Um, you know, Connect Four, one of our favorite games we sponsor. They sponsor us, Connect Four, um, Connect the Dots, all those coloring books, Connect the Dots. We love all those things. We just love to connect. So that was my second shift. Um, after which, I, I got cut at around 7.30 p.m. I was the first one to get cut with Leah because we were there since 12 and Leah said I, I'm just gonna finish up this one table that like you know because we had kind of split her section into two she had her tables I had my tables I finished my last table she said you don't have to stick around for my last table it's gonna be a while um, you know go downstairs you get a free meal for training and I went downstairs to the bar and I was talking to Alex a female bartender um, and she's a white woman with blonde dreads which was interesting and she said what do you want to eat 
I said, I don't really know. I'm going to think about it. I said, what do you have? <laughs> like, I don't know the menu at all. What do you have? Um, no, at that point, I kind of know. I kind of knew the menu a bit. Um, I hope I do because I'm, I'm going in to, for my first. No, that's not true. I'm going in for my last training session at, in just about four hours. Um, I was hoping it would be my first real non-training session where I could take my own tables. And Leah said the same thing. She said, you're ready to take your own table. I'll tell John. Uh, but usually training lasts like a week or two. I said, well, I, I, told, I told the manager from the beginning. I said, if we could fast track this thing, I think that would be great. You know, get me ready for the weekends. I'll, I'll take tables. Said, okay, we're going to do one more training session on Friday. Then you'll take a small section on Saturday. I said, cut the bullshit, Jay. Cut the bullshit, Jack. He said, that's not, that's not my name. I said, whatever. You know, John, Jack, Jingleheimer, Schmidt. You know, I don't give a shit. Just give me a fucking real-ass section. Cut the shit. Cut the shit. Um, but I was down at the bar thinking about what to eat. And John, or Jack, or whatever the fuck his name was, came over. He said, try the wings. You should try the wings because they're different. I was like, all right. Guess I'll have the wings, cheapest thing on the menu, by the way. Um, so really took advantage of my free meal. I could have ordered anything, but he's like, try the wings. I, you need to try the wings. Yeah, because they're pineapple, mango, jalapeno sauce, like big fucking deal. You know, this isn't like, this isn't rock. I thought they were going to come out like all, you know, I thought they're going to be like five times the normal size or like they were going to be, you know, cut off the bone or something weird. Just, just a different sauce. Yeah, just a different sauce. Um, so I ate those, and then I started talking to Alex, the female bartender. I said, you know, I need to learn these beers. There are so many beers, and, you know, there are probably 15 on tap, 11 of which are local, local rotating beers. And she said, well, what do you want to try? I said, I don't know. What do you think I should try? She said, okay, try these three. She gave me a taste of each, when I'm here on out, when I refer to taste, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm talking about a portion that's about five or six sips. So it's not, it's not a quick sip and you're done. This is a five or six. This is like a 45 second taste if you're just pounding it back. Um, she gave me three tastes. She said, this is, you know, the Widowmaker, Blue Comet. This is hazy, hazy IPA, double stout. This is, uh, and she said it and I had not had a sip of alcohol yet. But even these first tastes, I completely forgot. Like, I wasn't even really paying attention to what they were. She was, uh, this, the whole theory was that I would try these beers to be able to then recommend them or recognize that, oh, this one's an IPA, this one's a nice one, blank, blank, blank. But from the very beginning, in practice, that's just not how it worked at all. I just started drinking. Basically, I started drinking. Did those three. All right, which, which ones are next? I don't know. Just, just, I said, just, let's just run it. Let's run the gambit. She said, okay. Boom, three more. Boom, three more. Boom, three more. I'm going to spare the nitty-gritty details, but after about 45 minutes, 40 minutes, I was fucking very tipsy. This is the same thing. It's like the fat to obese scale. For drunkenness, I go from a little tipsy to tipsy to very tipsy to a little drunk to drunk to very drunk. So I, at this point, I was very tipsy. Wasn't drunk yet, but I was very tipsy. Um, just like Big Jess, she's very fat. Not obese yet, but very fat. Give her a couple more lava cakes. In this case, I was getting drunk on beer. She's getting obese on lava cakes. And I can do that again. Tell me if I need to slow down, wait for you guys to catch up. 
these are semantics, but it's important. It's important that we know. I mean, this is a, this is a broadcast. This is an audio-only podcast. So it's important that my words, I carefully choose each word so that it's effective and efficient to get my point across. That's what I do as a broadcaster, an FAMA broadcaster. AMA broadcasters, IMA, they're not going to be doing that. Rehats can just be, you know, a bunch of words that mean nothing. And I'm glad he's not tuned in right now because that was a pretty shitty thing to say. But that's what IMA broadcasters do. That's why they fall off the wayside. I haven't, I haven't talked to, I haven't sent over a broadie or a PSA to Rehat in weeks, months probably. And I was, I passed through a city. It's just because his words mean nothing as an AMA broadcaster. FMA, every word means something. So I was drinking. I was very tipsy. Leah finished her shift. She came down. I said, what are, what are you going to drink? You know, you get a free drink, one free drink uh, per shift. Of course, I was training so I could get a lot of free drinks because I was learning what was on the menu in theory. She said, what are you drinking? I said, I'm running the gambit. I'm running the gambit. I'm about to run it back. So she got a can of something, something. I tried that too. Don't remember what it was. You know, so someone will ask me today, oh, what that can of that? I was like, I have no idea. Just, didn't you fucking try it after your training shift Wednesday? Normancito? I said, yeah, but I was fucked up. Um, the theory, in theory, that's what I was doing. In practice, it was, it was something else. And that's what lots of life's like. In theory, you think this is going to happen. In practice, it doesn't. So I ran the gambit. Leah sat down. And then every waiter and waitress started getting cut. And they all kind of sat down at the bar. And this was, it turned into a sort of, E.T. said it, as I, I updated him from the bed the next day um, when I woke up just completely hungover. I felt like shit. This was yesterday. I, I told them about this in, in a PSA fashion, you know, not so many words, but each word, once again, each word meant something. Um, an amazing thing about words, each word means something, unbelievable. Unless you're an anime broadcaster, then it's just fucking dribble. But as I told E.T. about this, he said, this was probably an initiation of sorts. It might have been, it might have been, but I initiated the initiation, and I should have been the initiatee. The initiators neglected their work, I had to initiate myself. I got drunk, and then they sat down, and they, I kind of initiated them. I said, you guys have been waiters and stuff, but have you ever been a broadcasting waiter? Do you even know what that is? I'm going to initiate the fuck out of you and let you know. Of course, I couldn't because we work for a very, very discreet undercover broadcast agency here searching for Grandpa. Our listeners, with one important exception, two... But one very important exception, Georgie, talking to you, smash that subscribe button. I don't even think you tune into my broadcast, to be honest, but if you did, smash that subscribe button. So all of our listeners besides said Georgie or Jorge, you know, we met her in Buenos Aires. She could be Jorge. She could be the paintess. You know, she's not a painter. That's sexist. Paintess. Um, the rest of our listeners can't know who we are. They just can't. Stream of consciousness, baby. I'm going to be talking shit about these people the whole season on SFG. Do I want to tell them to tune into SFG and then a month later break their fucking obese hearts? So that by that time, she's probably obese. And her heart doesn't need any breaking from me. It's already doing, it's doing the work itself. Um, no, I don't. So I didn't reveal my identity, but I did reveal that I could, I could drink or I could get fucked up. I mean, I don't know. I guess I can't drink. I can't. My tolerance is low with, 
with everything, but I did just, I just drank a lot. So all the waiters, waitresses came and hung out. We all started drinking. Um, I worked my way through all the beers. Like, what's Allagash? What's that? What, are you serious? You really want to taste it? Oh, what about Bud Light? Which one's that? You, you want to taste a Bud Light? Like, that's, that's a beer you've been drinking since you were 18 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a t- I forget. I was out of the country. Like, what was that again? So I ran the gambit, got into Leah's can. Then I started on the frozen drinks. Pina Colada, Mudslide, and Nantucket Lemonade. Those three, I do remember. They were fire. They were good. The Pina Colada was really good. Chunks of uh, I said cocaine, chunks of coconut in it and everything, really delicious. Uh, I, actually, I said, can I try that again? I didn't really get, I'm having half glasses of these things. Can I try that again? It was just so, I just didn't really quite understand the level of depth. You know, I want to understand the depth. I need more sips. I had another one of those. What about the cocktails? Oh, the blood orange margarita. That one sells really well. It's like a $15 drink. Yeah, make me one of those. Made me a full one of those. I split it with Leah. Leah was driving, so I just kind of tanked that and then after that I said you know what can I have one more of my favorite beer the favorite beer that I did identify I don't remember what it was though now um but at the time I did know I took a full beer to the face there at this point I was really drunk and I don't know if the waiters and waitresses were drunk I didn't really notice because I was so drunk um I left the establishment ready to walk home one of the waiters that reminds me of myself, you know, this college kid, Dan, there are two Dans, um, but this college kid said, oh, this is my sister, she's uh, the manager of Tink's, which is another restaurant, uh, the same owner. You know, this owner is a restaurateur, he's got like six restaurants here in the, the south shore of Massachusetts, very successful. Um, I haven't met him yet, I don't know if I will, but I met a manager of another one of his restaurants, and I said, oh, you're Meredith. Nope, not my name. I said, okay, okay, well, that's fine. I don't even know her name now. I don't remember that. And then another guy. Hey, what's going on? I'm, I'm Brian's son. Brian's the owner. Met this guy. Don't know his name. Hey, how you doing? All right. I'm going to bail. I'm drunk as fuck. And I came out right to this very place where I hit a key to the house. Um, I must have had a hard time finding this. This is blurry now. I don't even really remember this. Must have been a hard time finding it because my mom's boyfriend... The next day, I said, oh, I heard you kind of rummaging for the key last night. It must have been, you know, maybe you should hide it somewhere else. It seems like you had a hard time finding it. And, oh, by the way, uh, fridge was open and the lights were on. So uh, can, you, can you not do that next time? I didn't tell them that I was fucking trashed. Give me a break. I was fucking trashed. It's a tough day at work. I had to let loose. My second training day, I had to learn the menu. So sorry, I was learning the menu extensive extensive alcohol selection um so that was that was fun i paid the consequences yesterday i was very hungover um but i had yesterday off and then today i'm going in it for another training session maybe i'll take some tables hopefully uh but tomorrow i'll have a small section per john's indications i think that small should should grow into just normal size i just want a normal size section like Give me a fucking break. They're going to need me too. It's going to be packed tomorrow because it's going to be a beautiful summers-like day here in, in, in lovely Hull. So you can hear the birds chirping behind me. Once again, a very birdie, a very birdie broadcast. Was that what, a very birdie episode? Oh, now, I'm, now I'm second-guessing that name. So that's what went on. That's what's been going on over at the restaurant. I did get a text from Glenn's, you know, good God, fucking Glenn. Every time I say his name, it's it's... It's borderline traumatic. It's PTSD. That guy was 
such a fucking mess. But his wife, I believe still his current wife, could be his ex, not sure, she did text me last night saying, if you're still looking to train, you know, let me know, we'll set up a date. Um, I know other, like the hottest places in Boston, the most trendy, expensive places, or the places where you need reservations two weeks in advance, they're all hiring. So I am still having these second guesses. Why don't I just work at a place like that? Figure it out, you know, do my commute. But it's not as easy as just staying in Hull and walking down the street. And I think I still will make good money. So that's what's going on there. I've decided to give this place at least a chance, you know, in a month, I'm sure I could still find uh, those sorts of jobs in Boston if I want to. But for now, I'm gonna stick it out here in the, the hometown. Everyone's like, are, are you from Hull? All the townies always ask, are you from Hull? Yeah, 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 pretty much. Been out of the country for a few years, but yeah, I guess I'm from here. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, good. All the townies want you to be a townie. And they should know from looking at me, I'm not a townie. You know, if I was a townie, I'd look like 36, even though I'm 29. But all these servers, they were surprised at my old age. They thought, oh my God, you're 29? I thought you were 24. 23. Nope, I'm 29. Uh, how old are you? Oh, I'm 20. I'm 21. There is one, one cutie. So keep your, uh, keep your eyes out. Uh, keep your ears open. I'll update you on the cutie. Her name's Jen. She's like the oldest, the other oldest one, like 25 or 26. So that's, that's a good age. And um, we'll see what she's all about. But that's what's been going on with the restaurant. Now I'm going to go back to when I first got off from broadcasting, you know, after I hit send on my last broadcast, I believe it was last Friday, what did I do? That was my first Friday back in Massachusetts. You know, Thursday morning I got in. Friday I was live and on air, because where else would I rather be? Friday afternoon, there were friends I just had not seen for months and months and months that I wanted to see. I've got four friends in Boston that I want to see as much as possible, and that's pretty much it. If I see any other friends, it's a bonus, but those four friends have to be a priority. And then I've got two, three friends that have to be a priority outside of Boston, the New York area, and I need to figure out when I can see them. Um, but one of those friends, Andy Schmandy, he was a priority in Boston. And I texted him, because um, Greg, Greg was going to be with his girlfriends, give them, you know, I didn't want to just hang out with Greg and his girlfriend. I don't think Jeff was, oh yeah, no, they did invite me. They invited me to a concert at 10 p.m. It was, this is a very exciting, uh, uh, very exciting artist. It was Greg's guitar teacher. Greg's guitar teacher, that's what he was explained to me as being. Um, he was just playing like an open mic thing at a bar. Uh, that was at 10 p.m. I asked Andy Schmandy what he was doing. He said, a girl by the, and I told you this, I told you this because this was a, a, a plan in, in motion um, when I was broadcasting before, but Andy Schmandy told me, Cam, this girl who wanted to bang you uh, about three years ago before you went to Columbia uh, the second time and when you were currently in a long distance virtual relationship with your exomore formerly known as Wilmita, whew, that was a mouthful, she's having a party. She's having a party. Do you want to come to the party? He's like, at first I wasn't really going to because Andy, Schmandy, of course, he was going to a concert of his own, an actual real group called Ripe, which I guess he really likes. And I think they are, they are pretty good. Kind of funky soul, sort of like white person music. Uh, like white person funk and soul, you know? Different. It's like the, it's like Dispatch. They're basically like Dispatch. 
um, that, cancel, that concert was canceled because, as I told you, it was disgusting weather the whole weekend. He was going to go to a concert Friday and Saturday night. They both got canceled due to weather, and it was an outdoor venue. It was disgusting, a disgusting night. So he said, now I'm just going to go to KM's place early, and maybe I'll either stay the night there or get an Uber back um, to my place. I said, fine, I'll do that with you. So meet up with Andy Schmandy. We were at his place for a bit. He picked me up at the, uh, at the ferry at the, the time that we agreed on. He said, so are you going to text me when I get there? Like, nope, no can do. No, no phone plan. Are you going to, can you call me? No, 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 no phone plan. Once again, no phone plan. I said, you're just going to have to meet me there. 6.25 p.m. at the dock. You know, he said, this is crazy. This, you're, you're crazy. But okay. Worked, worked perfectly fine. And to be honest, now I'm doubting about whether I even need a phone. Um, there is a, a SIM card that's supposedly going to be delivered here today, but I don't fucking need it. I don't want to be too reachable. I do need it for my broadcast, though. I need to be reachable for you guys. Uh, so Andy Schmandy picks me up at the dock. We go to his place for a bit. Uh, we get some beers, and we go over to KM's place. Now, KM is moving to New York. This is Friday night. She's moving to New York Saturday morning, the next day. This is her going out, her moving party. And... There are about 12 people there. I'm one of the 12, you know? So she had to be pretty desperate because I hadn't seen her in years. And I, I don't know, maybe it was just a small get together. It was like the first time people had gone out since COVID and everyone was talking, this is so weird, this is so weird. I was like thinking, Dude, I've been dancing reggaeton this whole time in crowded bars. And now I'm fully vaccinated. So like, I, oh man, I, I cannot complain about my, my time during quarantine in COVID times. Was it completely responsible? Um, no, it wasn't. I tried to be responsible around the local population. The travelers didn't give a fuck, so I didn't give a fuck. Uh, but yada, yada, yada. So we're at Cam's place. Uh, everything's packed in boxes and just hanging out there and just talking. Just talking about this, talking about that. Uh, Andy Schmandy's he's a social guy he is uh he's almost i was gonna call him a social entrepreneur it's it's not that far from the truth he's creative he's uh intelligent he's just active on the social floor he's he's funny and he's he's good just at socializing i don't know it's amazing um you know who else is good at that in his own way i don't think i'm as creative or whatever as, as andy schmandy i'm a little bit more out there maybe in non-traditional sort of uh humor that's me. I'm talking about myself, of course. And so Andy, Andy Schmandy and I just kind of ran. We ran the gambit again. And this could also, this podcast could also be called Running the Gambit. Because um, that's what I did Friday night. This was, remember, this was before I got fucked up at the restaurant. These were, I didn't even know I was going to work at the restaurant yet. Um, this was Friday night, my first night back in Boston, the Boston area. So we're at this house. It's a huge fucking house. You know, she was telling us about, oh, you know, I wanted to have parties here, but then COVID hit, whatever. What do you do for work, Katie? Uh, KM. She's like, oh, I, I travel a lot. I'm biomedical engineer consultant, so, uh, you know, I'm flying to New York every day. And this girl is, she makes so much money. She makes so much money. She's going to New York City, going to live in Manhattan, make so much money. She's like, what about you? I said, well, I'm hoping a train at a new, um, a new restaurant. Uh, you might know it as the Red Parrot, but they rebranded. They're now the Parrot, so don't get confused. Um, I'd probably give it three days of training, start taking my own tables Friday, Saturday. Uh, yeah, so good things going on here, too. So. like, oh, okay, okay. 
I'm just going to fast forward. I banged KM, okay? She was all over me the whole night, and it was like we were drinking, having a good time, and at one point I thought, you know, I'm just like, she, she like took me up to her room and we, we just, we just banged. So I stayed there. This was my first night back in Boston, just coincidentally going to KM's place uh, for a quick bang. Wake up next morning, help her pack a couple boxes, send her off. Goodbye, goodbye. She leaves, I leave, and that was it. <laughs> that was it. That was the first night back. So um, it was all fun. It was all fun. Um, and, and that was it. That was Friday night. Saturday, I was hanging around for a bit, went back to Andy. Andy Schmandy picked me up, which is very nice. He had gotten a ride back to his place the night before. Texted me, are you staying here? I said, yeah, I'm staying here. Um, even though I didn't love the bed setup. Weighted blanket. Let us know, listeners. Do you like weighted blankets? That's, it was, that was my first experience with a weighted blanket. It felt um, a little too much for me. It felt like, I mean, it was just resistance. Every movement in bed, I was meeting fierce resistance. Um, so that was different. Saturday, go back to Andy Schmandy's for a bit, hang out, take the ferry back. Sunday, uh, I was hanging out here. Marv's daughter and grandkid came over, hung out with them. Monday, remember this is a long weekend. Monday, I went into Boston, saw my friend Brendan, my friend El Jefe, Jeff, aka El Jefe. Um, I call him Jefe. And and Greg, and we got a drink at a place, we hung out, you know, the first time I'd seen those two, and then my dad came, got me, brought me back to his place, or we had dinner first at a Mexican place where they addressed us in Spanish, which I fucking loved, um, I mean, all these restaurants were popping, it was a shitty Monday, but every, everywhere's popping, restaurant, people are just out and about, loving, I mean, right now, I don't know if you guys know this, but in Massachusetts, masks have come off. We're back to 100% capacity with no masks. It is crazier, and it's going to be. I mean, the weather hasn't cooperated yet, but it's going to be crazier than, than pre-COVID because everyone has been cooped up, masked up, and now you can get out of the coop and take off the mask. So everyone's been doing that, um, and it's, it's been great. I've loved it. I still have to wear a mask at, the, at work, but that's supposedly going to change next week. Um, so we're doing well. We're doing well. Um, and that goes for fully vaccinated people, of course. I'm fully vaccinated. Johnson Johnson, the no-tier vaccine. So where was I? My dad picks me up. I have dinner with him. I stay at his place. And, you know, that was the first time I'd seen him since I came back. So I, 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 on Monday, I got, you know, the other two friends that I hadn't seen out of the four. And my dad, I saw all of them. Now I just need to see my brother, and I'm, I'm done. I've completed the trifecta. I can now be in peace and just work nonstop and make as much money as possible. Maybe I'll make another 20. Oh, fingers crossed. I hope I make another 20. Um, and, and that's it. That's my, that's my summer. Do it for three months. All the while broadcasting and monitoring the tip lines where have there been any grandpa sightings um, and figuring out when E.T. and I can get down to wherever, wherever the abuelito has been seen. Is that going to be South or Central America? Um, probably. Probably. Is it going to be in London first? Because I've had to postpone the trip um, that was planned for this July. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just saying it was postponed. It wasn't canceled, that's for sure. So we'll see. 
we'll see. But that has been my my week. Yesterday I woke up super hungover. Um, at night I I went to the gym. I, I'm, I'm back to Planet Fitness. I'm a black card member, just because they don't I didn't have to pay a startup fee, and then I'll just. I was like, can you downgrade any time for free? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, so I'm just going to do this one and then downgrade, and I, I pay way less. I'll pay the startup fee. And then that's just a detail. You don't need to worry about that. But if you guys want to know how to do a little juice scam and, and get the best money for your buck, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the Jewish broadcaster you need to speak with. Um, and then, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you guys about this girl from college that I know who disappeared, much like our grandpa. She disappeared. There was, an in, there was an international manhunt going on for this girl I went to school with. And she was found safe and sound after like eight days of being disappeared and presumably dead. Um, you know, her, her face was all over Times Square, everywhere they were looking for her. Um, she just was totally fine, just at a hostel in Queens. Isn't that nuts? So that was happening with Andy Schmand. Andy Schmandy is is better friends with her, and friends with her friends. And he was, you know, he was getting these updates all the time. And before it went back to the news that she was found safe and sound, Andy Schmandy knew, and that it seemed like she just went on a bender or a mental breakdown, um, or a combination of the both, and she just disconnected and ran away, basically. And I said, I'm all for that. I'm all for disconnecting and running away. I've been doing it for four years. But I don't fully disconnect and I don't fully run away. You know, I run away from responsibilities and from, you know, the shitty things in life that I, that's not true. I do, I've, I've embraced, and of course I'm being facetious here. I, I don't think that I'm, you know, rejecting all responsibilities and stuff like that. But you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Um, but yeah, so she was found. She's, she was safe and sound, totally fine. Uh, was not coerced, was not kidnapped, was not killed, totally fine. And I feel terrible for this girl. You know, she's was publicly, you know, she's when she comes to her common senses, her when she gets her wits about her, as you know, our grandparents would used to say, um, used to. That's not English. Would would just take that wood out, as our grandparents used to say. Um, she's going to be mortified. She's going to be absolutely mortified. I've actually been thinking about giving her a second chance. And to be honest, full disclosure, this girl is beautiful. She's a very attractive person um, and very fun. And, uh, you know, I haven't seen her in a few years, but she was fun, beautiful. And I was thinking, I want to buy low on this one. You know, everyone talks about, oh, Bitcoin just went down. It's had a huge crash. Um, pick it up now if you want it. You know, pick it up now if you want it. I was thinking the same thing with this girl, Christine. She's she's down. You can buy a lot. I might send her a text. Be like, hey, hey, Christine. Um, I've been out of the country for a few years. I haven't seen anything about the news or heard about anything. Like, what's going on? How are you? And then just give her that new opportunity to just turn a new page and to start fresh with a guy like Normancito. And she'll be like, um, you, you don't you don't know anything about about what's been going on here or with me or in the New York slash American news cycle. No, 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 why, what's up? Everything, everything okay? Yeah, yeah, everything's fine. Like, um, you wanna go out? Yeah, 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 sure, yeah, let's get a drink. Um, I'll, I'll take you to my, uh, come, come by to my restaurant. We got 15 beers on tap. Don't ask me which ones to recommend. I don't fucking know still, but. So that's, uh, that's about buying low on Christine. On Christine. Um, I was about to say her last name, but I shouldn't, I shouldn't. 
Uh, I did have a dream in the last few nights that Wilmita was a listener to SFG, which is interesting because she doesn't really speak English. Um, but that was interesting. I've been having dreams since then about serving. I, I always, when I serve, I always have dreams about serving. It's, they're borderline nightmares, so I hope that doesn't become a thing again. Um, yesterday, I do want to say, oh, remember how the boss said to the fat waitress, thanks for helping out with training, dinner's on me, even if you want to eat a molten lava, lava cake, and how, you know, he made that comment, and he probably immediately knew that was, that could be misconstrued. That's not what I wanted to say or who I wanted to say it to. I think it was just an honest mistake. I did something very similar to KM, who had told me at one point that her mother had died recently, like a year and a half ago. Her mother had ALS, and I guess she was, we were talking about genetic predispositions for cancers and, and mental illnesses, which is always a great conversation for basically a first date. Um, but we were talking about that. She said she's very predisposed to this. And I said, I'm oh, very predisposed to bipolar, but like, you know, what can you do? Um, and she had mentioned that her mom had died like about a year and a half ago. The next day, when we were packing up the rest of the bag, she says, oh, what are you going to do? I said, I think I'm going to, uh, I don't think I'm going to work in Boston. I think I'm going to decide to work uh, in Hull at that restaurant down the street from my mom's. And I'll just live with my mom because, you know, she's not going to be, she's not going to be alive forever. <laughs> and I totally did. It just like slipped out because like that was like something that my mom like made me feel guilty about one time when she, when she would be like, you know, uh, you know, we shouldn't more spend more time together because, you know, I'm getting pretty old. Um, I just said it as like, kind of like that semi like a semi joke and then as soon as I said it I said oh my god I totally forgot that her mom died like a year and a half ago or a year ago and she and, and Cam was like yeah yeah she's not you know my mom remember my mom just died I'm like oh yeah I'm yeah, sorry I didn't mean like that like <laughs> that was bad but that's that's kind of it sometimes these things just slip out even out of famous FMA broadcasters mouths which you might might be hard for you to believe um Oh, I did want to say, I have, I have some notes here about things that have happened since the last broadcast because I, I don't want to forget them. I did want to say that that was one of the eventful things that happened uh, in training. Another one was right when I sat down at the bar two nights ago to, to get shit-faced, um, there was like a regular there. You know, he was sitting, there was, there was one stool between me and him, and he was talking to the waitresses. He's like the six-year-old dude, like clearly always there, kind of flirting uncomfortably, uh, it's kind of more sexual harassment with the waitresses and bar staff. And I guess his son's a chef there, whatever. He's always around. He clearly was going to want to talk to me at some point. I didn't want to talk to him. And at that point, an old friend named Pato, which is right, that, that does mean duck. Um, wait, no. Pato means... Yeah, Pato means duck. Ganso means, means goose. What's the difference between a duck and a goose? I don't know in either language. Um, but yeah, Pato's duck. And Ganso is, of course, a place that we would not recommend to go to in London. Um, but Pato calls me, an Argentinian dude. We're talking, talking a bit in Spanish. And, you know, I talked to him for a bit, hung up, started to drink. Ten minutes went by. This guy starts talking to me. He said, oh, I'm Pete, by the way. I'm a, I come here all the time, whatever, whatever. This is Boston accent. And... I kind of, at some point he says, what, uh, oh, was that Spanish you were speaking? I said, yeah, 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 I speak Spanish. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I thought that might have been Spanish. I, I couldn't tell because he had a horrible accent, but, um, yeah, that's, that's cool that you speak Spanish. Like, why, I was like, wait, what? 
and he said it again. He said it like again at another point. He said, yeah, yeah, I thought I heard Spanish or something like that. I don't know. I think it was Spanish. It was just, just a horrible accent. But um, yeah, my, uh, my, my girlfriend's from Mexico. And I'm like, wait, this guy's just... He just repeatedly said that I have a horrible accent. This guy does not speak. He said, "Ah, oh, yeah, my girlfriend's from Mexico, and I've been dating her for a couple of years, but I don't speak. I don't speak a word of Spanish. Uh, but yeah, yeah." I was like, "Wait, is this guy just like, like passive aggressively insulting me, or does he does he like?" And second of all, how could he identify if my accent was good or not if he's never? If he doesn't speak a word of Spanish, I, it was just such a strange sort of situation, but very funny. So I wrote it down. Um, another funny thing was that uh, Leah was constantly telling me about her girlfriend. My oh, my girlfriend lives in Boston. My girlfriend this, my girlfriend, and I. Once again, I have a terrible gaydar, and it's so bad that ET would have probably picked up on this girl being being a lesbian even if she hadn't mentioned her girlfriend in such an explicit sort of way my girlfriend this my girlfriend that she was doing it i it took me until like it took me like four hours to realize that she was talking about her girlfriend you know as a les her lesbian girlfriend i thought she was just because you know girls can say oh like my friend who is a girl they can say my girlfriend and i thought like oh that's kind of she just says that i could tell her oh yeah my boyfriend's live in boston too like um whatever but no she was actually talking about her girlfriend so just just another example of how bad uh my gaydar is it's bad it's bad um i did want to say also that i missed in a, a medical appointment yesterday uh because i woke up hungover and i totally forgot about it and when my mom asked me what it was i said it was so i could get a typhoid shot and she said what why the fuck would you get a typhoid shot? And I had noticed that my typhoid booster was up um, when I was thinking about maybe going to Africa at some point. I said, I should probably get a typhoid shot. Typhoid, we looked it up. It's like only really common in like Bangladesh and, and Iran or something, or Southeast Asia. So don't know why I was going for a typhoid shot, but my mom thinks, she's like, why the fuck were you going for a typhoid shot? And, and that's, that's pretty much it. Yesterday night I decided to get high and I could have broadcasted but I was like I'm, I still feel hungover and and I'm just gonna get high and that could be good for my broadcasting anyway I'm not sure if it was um I actually got high and, and started talking to DB I told her that I was high she said I am too she called we talked on the phone for like an hour um my dad sent me a text about Aunt Jean who's his aunt she's like 90 years old and I read the text as um from my dad as Aunt Jean is going to be assassinated on Tuesday. And I was like, what? And I read it again. It said Aunt Jean is going to an assisted living home on Tuesday. Uh, so that was, that was a, a brief moment of panic. Uh, why are they going to, who's paying for Aunt Jean to be assassinated? That is so fucked up. Um, and what's the difference between being assassinated and just being killed? Does it have to be an assassin who kills you? If an assassin kills you, like they leave a note like, this was an assassin's work, you've been assassinated, like, for the news, like, this person's been assassinated, or uh, just a normal murder. Um, what else, what else, what else? So I was, I was talking to DB, uh, we talked for about an hour, and just high stuff, I was just so high, I was so high, of course, unlimited amounts of medical marijuana here at my mom's place, um, it was very, very high, it's, it's medical and recreational, don't get, don't get it twisted, but did that, I thought Aunt Jean was going to be assassinated, um, I also, DB 
started kind of sending me sending me some sexy texts in Spanish, like you know she was she, uh, you know caliente, estoy caliente, or she was saying tengo calor, or something like that. I, she I don't know if she was saying it. I also corrected her. I said oh yeah, but that's good. But like here's here's the correction. And then I would kind of sext her back a little bit in Spanish, and then. She sent over some pics. At this point, I was watching Jeopardy on Netflix. I was watching Jeopardy on Netflix, and then I was, you know, I was double double tasking. What's that called again? Double tasking? Is that what the word is? Double tasking. I don't fucking know what it is, but I was watching Jeopardy and sexting. Um, I didn't send over any pictures. I was too high. I said, I owe you one. You know, I'm watching Jeopardy now. I like those pictures. Very nice, but... um. Can't can't really be bothered. I want to see who wins this Jeopardy, and then I'm going to sleep. So that's what's going on over here. 49 minutes on the clock. This is already an hour. Haven't even touched ET's show notes, and I have extensive show notes. You know about the pressure to deliver, how no one can relate to this podcast scenario because we are the only true stream of consciousness podcast that I've ever listened to. Of course, I've listened to about four podcasts in my life, but this is one of the uh, the few. Uh, I mean, none of those four. None of those four have been stream of consciousness. None of those four have involved the life and intimate details of the broadcasters like like this very podcast sfg um you know i have some other ones that the forbidden i have other show notes that i i have no idea what they mean um like as sfg the forbidden fruit you can't listen to this oh yeah because et put of course sfg into oh et's recording audio right now on our private channel on whatsapp family he's probably looking for a broadie he's about to get one about 10 minutes he'll get one um but how you know the mistake the mistake of putting in sfg into jorge georgita into her phone and being like you can't listen to this though i mean come on that is so tempting that is as closest to the apple in the garden of eden as any other podcast it is the forbidden fruit um i loved et's idea of thinking about a room full of sfg listeners like Carolina Chris, this is Georgie. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's amazing. There are a couple other people there that are just wearing, you know, they're just in the shadows. Like, who's that? Who's that? Uh, oh, no, uh, no one's here. No one's here. Just like a random German dude. Maybe, maybe um, Martha from Poland is tuning in. Um, we don't know. We would love to know, though. That's the thing. We would love to know. We would love to make your story a part of ours. And... You know, we could have correspondence from all over the world. I do have correspondence from, from Carolina Chris, and it's great. But now, I feel like this is already a long fucking episode. This is a very birdie, a very long birdie episode. Um, you know, people say long-winded. I say long birdie. Oh, yeah, he was giving such a long birdie speech, that politician. I said, what did you say? Oh, yeah, he's very long birdied. You say long, yeah. That's just what I, that's just how I, that's the saying that I do. DB has it. She says something that doesn't make any sense, and she says it often. She says, "A so it go, a so it go, not so it, so it goes, or not like and so it goes," which is a Billy Joel song, which I really like. I'm not even sure if that's a saying, but at least I recognize that as something. And so it goes. She just says, "A so it go," <laughs> like having your own. I looked it up yesterday. I was cracking up. I was like, "That is not a saying." Um, but yeah, we've got the room full of listeners. We, we've got the, the shout out to the broken fingered basketball boat lady. Um, I, see, I have so many show notes and I just can't get into them. So 
it's it's tough it's tough because we want to talk about soft hands we want to talk about how that's a, a nickname and you know you, the the blister on the soft i mean you you do a gorilla gardening episode on bbc or something and one of the characters has to has to excuse himself because he's got a blister on his soft hands you know et's not just made he's just not made for the work he's not did it have to do with the hand tennis with george at some point did that hurt your soft hands did that kind of get them a little irritated and and the gardening was was the 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 straw that broke the camel's back okay we're 52 minutes we still we still can keep going on this segment um i got a little nervous that i was i was gonna be cut off on anchor fma but um basically we really really enjoyed uh et's broadcast and it was a monumental one mostly because it was a difficult situation it's always difficult broadcasting stream of consciousness i mean not, not a lot of people can relate to the scenario right no one can about a lovely weekend spent with someone that was basically a second date they're right that was basically a second date and third and fourth i'm not sure um hanging out with each other for the weekend and you know that that person is listening to your your review and your comments about that weekend you know um i know that that our our paintess didn't enjoy the emo music and it was a little bit infectious maybe it got a little down for a bit or maybe just it's normal to you know have a little space because you, you i don't know i don't know i'm not going to analyze everything um we know that we're not gonna we're not gonna cover uh, the, the we're not gonna sponsor cover insurance. I don't remember why that went so poorly, but it did. Um, we're not gonna sponsor that restaurant that you ordered out from, and they said, "Welcome to the restaurant. You're late. You know your food's ready." So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's our if it's a little cold, it's our fault. We know that. We know that. Um, we might not even sponsor, we might not even tell people to do acro yoga or acrobics because we're not sure if that's a word. And E.T. wasn't quite as flexible. I mean, he's, he's, he's a tall dude. Um, we hadn't even gotten into the PDA. And the PDA of, of gay couples in particular. We didn't get into anything. We didn't. Um, and we apologized, but there was just too much to report on. This has been... You know, an hour something. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go on anymore. I'm gonna call the day. This has been an hour something, and we've left out an extensive amount of ET's, you know, show notes. The show notes from his show, and we've kind of just we've wung it. We've winged it, which is another fucking bird reference. Oh my god, how important are birds? So, that's it. We're gonna get out of here. We are gonna leave you with a a little song that we thought was was very special to share with you and this comes from you know when i was at my dad's that that monday afternoon i sent et a bunch of different songs and they all are important potential anthems for our cause because you know some people don't listen to the spoken word they need music to understand what's going on in the world so i'll leave that leave that here with you um we didn't get into carolina chris's correspondence carolina chris got catfished by a transgender uh tinder person um you know who said i didn't think it was important for you to know whether that i was transgender um i didn't think that that you know that's just me you like you know i'm just a person which is and we can ask our listeners is it important for transgender people to tell 
people in dating profiles that they're transgender. You know, I I think I'm I'm with Carolina Chris on this that it's a surprise that you don't necessarily um, expect, which is I think a definition of a surprise, something you don't necessarily expect. But it's it's I wouldn't love it either. But it it's in this evolving landscape of 21st century, uh, you know, gender norms, is it important to know going into a date that someone's transgender? So we'll leave you to that question and we're going to take it, we're going to take us out with a little original song uh, of an old favorite. I'm actually not sure which one I'm going to put in, but this is to get more people into the search party, share it with a friend, um, because of course the people who don't like spoken word will only understand this. Take it away. I took my love and I took it down. I climbed a mountain and I turned around. And I saw my grandpa on a snow-covered hill until the landslide brought Cause I built my life around him Well, time made him bolder And his children got older I'm getting older too